John Clayton. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. Streaming live at 710sports.com. On demand everywhere on the 710 Seattle Sports app. Now, John Clayton. Okay, we are taking your phone calls at 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN, getting your reaction to Week 3 in the National Football League and what the Seahawks did in the victory over the Dallas Cowboys. And so let's go to Marty in Bremerton. Hey, Marty. Hi, John. Marty from Bremerton here, big Seahawks fan. And as I'm watching the game, I, I, we can't keep depending on Russell Wilson to keep bailing us out and putting up 38, 40 points a game. And our defense, we can't cover anybody, John. Can we rake someone's practice squad? Can we find somebody off the street? I never want to root for someone to get hurt, but if, whatever it takes to get some new bodies back there in the secondary. Well, I mean, uh, you want to replace the guys that, uh, if you go with the starters, and you know, two of them are now injured, uh, Quentin Dunbar and Jamal Adams, they, uh, you, know, you have four, potent- I mean, four guys that have Pro Bowl talent. I mean, you know, uh, you've got uh, Shaquille Griffin. He uh, went to the Pro Bowl last year. Uh, you've got uh, you know, Jamal Adams, who's hurt right now with that first-degree groin injury. He's been to three Pro Bowls. You've got uh, Quandre Diggs, who's been a Pro Bowl alternate uh, in two. And, of course, Dunbar did not play because of the knee swelling. And then uh, Trey Flowers had a bad game. So, uh, you know, they've made the moves to get the players. It's just a matter of they just got to play better. They're just marching down the field in the two-minute drill. As soon as they switch to the two-minute drill, they just march down the field in a matter of minutes. As a, as a fan, I'm screaming at the TV. Yeah. And I just... Yeah, it's, I need some help. I, well, yeah, well, they, but they still won. They still had a double-digit lead at one point in the second half. You know, that's what you have to try to do. But hey, it, it's it's a tough start, and it's a tough start for the league. I mean, this is the highest-scoring three-week total league-wide the league has ever seen, and that's because you know no off-season programs, and the defenses are behind, and quarterbacks are really attacking. John, where would we be without Russell Wilson right now? Uh, not going. Where where would you be without a great quarterback? Where would the Kansas City Chiefs be without Patrick Mahomes? Where would the Green Bay Packers be without Aaron Rodgers? I mean, you know, good quarterbacks correct the mistakes that may, are made, and that's what Russell's able to do. Hey, Marty, thank you for the phone call. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Art in Federal Way. Hey, Art. Uh, yes, uh, uh, John, uh, this is probably crazy, but I'm thinking for defense. If Michael Bennett's retired, but if they could maybe sign him to a one-year conditional on whatever, uh, maybe with some incentives, he could not only maybe be a, a he knows the system and he maybe could teach uh, the younger players some things. And then the other person, and this would be more controversial because he'd have a lot of apologizing to do, would be Earl Thomas, who's not playing with the Ravens and. You know, in this time of uh, not just COVID, but just time of, you know, unemployment, maybe, you know, a, a lower contract to get these uh, two guys who both probably owe Pete some apologies, if that's being mild, uh, get them in. At least they know the system, and I wouldn't expect them to be the superstars they were, but maybe uh, they could supplement. Probably Michael might fit in better than Earl, because Earl appears to have at least by news accounts, some issues, but uh, you never know if you give people a second chance. And, you know, the NFL's a business, so may- maybe it's it's worth it uh, for either one of them or both of them. And I don't even know by the NFL contract if they could even do it. Well, yeah, but now who are you going to bench? Are you going to bench, uh, you know, uh, Quandre Diggs, or are you going to bench Jamal Adams? Because if you bring Earl in, then you're benching Diggs. 
Diggs did well last last week last uh, yes on Sunday. Yeah, but uh, don't they have besides those two? They'd have another person, what Amadi or something. You couldn't bring Earl in. No, we, uh, do you think I mean, as as bad as the relationship is right now? Do you think Earl would accept being a backup? Uh, I don't think so. To be honest with you, no. Okay, so not so not maybe a, Michael. Yeah, maybe Michael Bennett might potentially fit in better in a like a backup teacher, you know, that kind of role. Yeah, I don't know if he would do. He would want to do that. And also, it's like uh, you know, if he's going to come, he's going to want to start. And right now, I mean, L.J. Collier is actually doing a pretty good job. Yeah, but it's like t- it's you're taking a. It's a, again a business. You're just taking a risk. I know it's a risk, but. Uh, if Bennett could be persuaded to, uh, you know, million dollars in the hand is better than sit and watch it on TV. I yeah, think. Uh, I don't think. Nothing. I don't think the Earl Thomas be. option is very good. They're, is. they're they're deepening up at safety right now, but again, they've got to get Jamal Adams back. And you saw how good he is. Hey, Art, thank you for the phone call. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. Let's go to Eric in Yakima. Hey, Eric. Hi, John. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. So I'm a fan of what this. The, the defense coming in clutch at the end, but I still think we're struggling outside of the ball. Do you think we should bring anybody in? Now repeat that defense? again. Do we think we should bring anybody in on defense? Well, they're bringing anybody? in Damon Harrison this week. Okay. Is, is uh, Clay Matthews still available? He's still available, but apparently the price isn't right on what teams are offering, so he's still out there. But I think that, that that's another good option to bring in. So, you know, again, he'll, he'll already missed three game checks. I think there's a decent chance they're going to get Damon done. Now, it depends on his conditioning and everything else, where he is. But I think that, uh, you know, that's one that, uh, you know, because, again, he had four teams after him in Seattle. He picked as the first team. Oh, okay. Thank you, John. Okay, thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Lawrence. Hey, Lawrence. Hey, John. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. So I'm feeling... You know, about our offense, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm glad that we're 3-0. and uh, I would say the biggest thing is that we. I'm glad we're bringing in Snacks Harrison for a visit. We really need to sign him because Ryan Monet and Jaron Reed looked exhausted yesterday, and yeah. they, we need some more depth. Uh, and then I would also agree that we need to bring in Clay Matthews because I just think we need that his veteran presence alone is hugely helpful, but just especially the depth and now Jordan Brooks. Maybe out. So I think we just we need some more help on the defensive side. But I think we'll we we'll be okay long term. Yeah, no, I would agree. I think that uh, you just got to get through this tough stretch right now, get some guys healthy, and you know, still keep looking. And that's what uh, even Pete Carroll said that on Friday. Hey, they're always going to be looking. That's why you know, again, I think Clay would be a good fit. Uh, but now you know he's missed three weeks and all that of game checks and everything else. But uh, they've got to yeah, because defensively, that's the challenge right now. They've got to try to uh, you know get as many players as they can because they got so many injuries. But boy, I tell you what, I was counting up the injuries. I, I always keep track of missed starts around the league and so far this year in the first three weeks excluding tonight's game there's 256 missed starts 256 that's more than any since i started doing this in uh, 2015 because in 2015 it was 254 but now you're talking 256 and we're not even including tonight's game yeah i think it's pretty severe and obviously a a lot of people have alluded to and you've alluded to i think because of covid and no preseason and it's made things really difficult. I think having some more veteran presence helps. 
is, is hugely helpful in depth because we don't know what this, the rest of the year is going to look like. No, you're right about that. And again, <clears throat> you figure at some point the injuries will start to level off, but we're not at that point right now because they are not leveling off. I mean, they're just getting more and more. And I know yesterday I was keep trying to keep track of as many injuries as I can, and I've got a page full of names. And we just found that Jarrell Casey, got he's out for the season for the Denver Broncos, a team that's ravaged by injuries. You just watch the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they were down seven starters. Uh, because of injuries and of course you're eight eight or nine right now for the san francisco 49ers well the good news is we're playing we're playing miami this week so if some people need to rest that's definitely okay to do so i think yeah no doubt about it hey thank you for the phone call of course 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. We can try to squeeze one more in, uh, dj yeah and right now we have rusty in shoreline here okay rusty how are you Hi, John. I'm your fellow funk fan. And All right. Yeah. Appreciate we lost, it. We lost Papa Cool Bell a little while back. I know. That's sad. That's sad. I know. Anyway, about football, uh, don't bring Earl Thomas back. The divorce no. is final. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Alton Robinson, I saw some really good stuff out of him. I wondered what you thought. I, I saw a lot of good stuff out of him. And it's funny because, you know, he doesn't – I mean, a lot of people I know talk to our general managers, and they thought that uh, he was much better than a fifth-round choice, and they thought he had a chance to be pretty good. And right now, I mean, he was inactive the first two weeks by choice, and now you can see that uh, there's something there. And so uh, – and it's, it's something there that they need. Yeah, he looks like a, he could be a good edge rusher. He's got some speed. Uh-huh. He's uh, – not really a, a middle-of-the-line guy, more of an edge guy, but right. looks like he could do a good job, and uh, there's some hope there. Also, I, I've been watching Trey Flowers, actually, for the last couple of years, and it's not that he isn't a great athlete, but he seems to be kind of timid, and, and, and his skills aren't really up to snuff in terms of coverage, like at the last second. He kind of backs off. Well, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I agree with that because, uh, he, in fact, last year he was almost too aggressive because he got too many interference penalties. And that's when you're doing that, you're being aggressive, using your hands more, and everything like that. Uh, but right now, he just is. He's, he's struggling. I mean, that was a bad yeah. game that he had. Maybe he's overreacting a little bit. I just watch him, and as, as the ball. Well, he also doesn't have an eye on the ball as it's arriving real well sometimes. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. It's easy to criticize, but. Yeah, anyway. but he needs to anyway. improve. There's no doubt. Hey, thank you for the phone calls. And, of course, you can listen to the show via the 710 Sports app. It's powered by the Dubin Law Group. Coming up next, we're going to get out the report card. It's the John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. It's time for the report card with the professor. And, of course, we get out the report card every day. We look at the good, the bad, the ugly, the smart, the stupid, what people say, what people do. We take the stories. We take the anecdotes. We take the social media comments and, of course, the voices, and we attach a grade to it. DJ Wilder has the report card, so let's get going. All right, John, first up here, I mean, what can we say? The Falcons did it again, John. They yeah. did it again. They were up 26-10 to 10 at at the end of the third quarter on the Chicago Bears, and the Chicago Bears ended up winning 30-26 to after Nick Foles came in for Mitch Trubisky, threw three touchdowns and an interception for 188 yards. 
I mean, John, uh, there isn't much to say here. The Falcons just keep blowing leads. I feel so bad for Dan Quinn. What grade do you give the Falcons for just being experts and blowing huge leads? Uh, and I give them an F. I guess the only thing you can say is that uh, at least they didn't blow the lead against uh, Seattle because they were trailing. But uh, this is amazing. And again, a defensive coach for them to lose like that, blew up blowing a 16-point lead, that's inexcusable. And again, I still think that Arthur Blank, the owner, will stand by him for the season. But there's no doubt that uh, he in job jeopardy right now uh, and I don't know if they wait till the bye week or what are they going to do because then the problem is who are you going to give the job to as the interim coach is it going to be Dirk Cutter the offensive coordinator is it going to be uh, two of the defensive coaches who are calling plays you know so I think right now they're in a tough spot and to be 0-3 I'm just stunned I, I'm stunned too, John, because that they uh, we've been saying this what the last really the last three years ever since they lost in the Super Bowl to the Falcons they ha- on paper they have a really good team on paper, mm-hmm. but uh, I just feel so bad for Dan Quinn. I really like Dan Quinn, and he obviously did a good job at the beginning. He got him to a Super Bowl, and he was great as a defensive coordinator, of course, for the Seahawks. Um, in the two years that they went to the Super Bowl, he was fantastic at being a defensive coordinator. But it's just. Oh, it, it, it's so it's so bad, John. I have to give them an F too. I, they just they keep finding ways to lose, and they're it, it's almost it's not like at the level of the Browns because the Browns have been doing it for like what seems like a hundred years, but they they just keep finding ways to lose, and I can't believe it. It's just, it was against Nick Foles too. It was against Nick Foles at least like when they lost. It was like to Russell Wilson to Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. You know, like nothing against Nick Foles, but I mean Nick Foles is nowhere near the level of Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson, obviously, and neither is Trubisky. And so just to do it against the Bears without really a good quarterback, it's just, it's so sad to see, but I have to give the Falcons an F. They just keep finding new ways to lose and then finding new ways to blow double-digit leads. It's almost like the, the Super Bowl hangovers lasted for them yeah. for three years. It's unbelievable. Uh, next story here, John. The Los Angeles Angels have fired general manager Billy Epler in his fifth year as a general manager. Now, why this story is relevant is, well, he was the one that took over for now current Mariners general manager Jerry Depoto after there was a lot of really just tension in the front office um, with Jerry Depoto and owners just because he didn't he wanted to make moves differently than what the owners wanted him to do. Then they fired him, and of course now he's with the Mariners. And in my opinion, has done a really good job, especially in the rebuild. He's done a pretty good job with rebuilding this farm system to one of the best farm systems in the league. And they were so confident in this guy, Billy Epler. But now they fired him. What grade do you give the Angels here, John, how they handled all this? Uh, terrible. I have to give them an F. I mean, what you know, you have uh, the internal problems of two guys not getting along, and so then you let one go, but you get him with the right replacement. And you know, part of the problem is, is that uh, you know they're wasting you know so the careers of some pretty good players and not getting out of it to go five years. And of course, I say that with a Mariner team that's been almost two decades of not making the playoffs. But uh, no, this is not a good thing. And you know that that team just seemed to be just terrible and again they were so bad i'm again i know injuries did it to texas but what's happened to uh, the angels and so much of it had to be the decisions of the fire general manager so i'm going to give him an f they were second to last in the al west only four games up on the rangers for last place in the al west and they have the best player yeah in what the last 20 years in baseball mike mm-hmm, trout mm-hmm, yeah. and it, it's unbelievable that they just let a gm that was the one that found mike trout by the way when really no other team really had him on their radar and he was able to discover him and they let him go which i don't know i feel like that should get you a pass for even with tension in the front office and everything i have to give the angels an f here Uh, but also 
I have to also have to give him an A for firing Jerry Depoto because the Mariners, I think, have a good general manager in Jerry Depoto just with how well he's been able to rebuild this farm system in such a short amount of time. And I know that the Mariners, I know 27-33 is still a losing record. But, John, don't you, don't you have to feel confident in the job that Jerry Depoto has done, especially in the last two years of rebuilding this farm system, taking it from 30th to now a real consensus top five farm system across any platform that mm-hmm. does farm system rankings? And then on top of it, to be able to get enough young players to come out with a 27-33 and 33 record, I thought that was good. Again, only two games out of the playoffs. I know the playoffs will have 16 teams, but that's a good sign because I, I was predicting 22 wins, not 27 wins. Yeah, same, John. I I thought it was going to be more in the lower 20s, maybe even 18, 19 wins. But the Mariners, they look promising, and we've been talking about a lot. I know the bullpen's had issues, but that's really the last thing you build in a rebuild anyways. But they have promising young players, and we haven't even seen a lot of the young young stars that are still in the farm system and have been in Tacoma all this shortened 2020 season. So, I mean, Jerry DePoe's done a good job. So I have to give the Angels an F, but also... Like an A minus, <laughs> just for mm-hmm. letting the Mariners get Jerry Depoto here. All right, so the last story we got here, John Paul Pierce, who of course has been, um, he's all time Celtics great, um, one of the greatest basketball players of the two thousands, and him and LeBron James have always had some sort of tension between them. He does, they don't like each other, and Paul Pierce, ever since he's become an analyst on uh, for the NBA coverage for ESPN, he's never been able to give LeBron James credit, but. He might be coming around here after uh, LeBron has now uh, has now going to his ninth finals in the last ten years. So let's take a listen. You know I mean, it's not easy to make an NBA finals, and for him to be able to do it ten times, uh, he's moving up there in my rankings. <laughs> <laughs> Getting close to the top five? No, 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 no. I'm going to keep it real. I mean, if if LeBron James, if he wins a title this year, okay, I'll put him right behind Michael Jordan. So he jumped from outside of your top five to number yeah, two absolutely. with the win. Yeah, his third team. No, his third team, third championship. Yeah. Yeah, Paul. <laughs> Listen, though. We're getting but he still it. has a yeah, lot. Personal. He still got a lot of work. John, Paul Pierce had LeBron James outside of his top five know, greatest players ever. So what grade do you give Paul Pierce for finally starting to come around on uh, LeBron James here? I give him a D because it's too slow. I mean, it's like he should have done this long before that. I mean, I think most people are in the realm. It's like, okay, uh, you know, in my generation, of course, I'll, I would lean toward Michael Jordan. Uh, in a generation that didn't see Michael Jordan, you may not go for him and you go for LeBron. But how can LeBron be anything worse than second? I mean, he's that good. Yeah, he he's a phenomenal, especially like I don't care how bad the Eastern Conference was. Going in, oh, well, now he's in the Western Conference, but going to nine finals in the last 10 years is remarkable. Mm-hmm. And it's something that Michael Jordan didn't even do. Now, of course, he did retire for two seasons. So who knows if he would have, he probably would have won eight straight. But I mean, it's not in history. So I mean, LeBron's the only one to really do this other than Bill Russell for the Celtics way back in the 60s. So I have to give. Paul Pierce, I have to give him a C just because I, I'm glad that he's finally starting to give LeBron some respect, especially since they always would go back and forth during the Eastern Conference playoffs. I know Paul Pierce would get the better of him early in LeBron's career, but LeBron has definitely surpassed him, of course. He's the second greatest player in all time, of all time to me. So I'm glad that Paul Pierce is coming around, so I have to give him a C. Okay. And uh, that's all the time we got for grades. Okay, that sounds good. And, of course, uh, you can check out the uh, professor's notes on 710sports.com. The professor's notes are brought to you by Infinity of Tacoma at Fife. Coming up next, we are going to uh, go ahead and uh, you know get your text questions. We're going to go into Vizzy Heart Seltzer text line, and you can text us at 710-710. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.
It's John Clayton. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Two hours every day, 10 to noon. Streaming live at 710sports.com. On demand on the 710 Seattle Sports app. Time to go into Busy Hard Seltzer text line, taking your text questions at 710-710. So, DJ, what do we have? All right, from the 509 here, if Dan Quinn gets fired... Would it be a good idea for Pete to bring him to Seattle in some capacity in the future? Uh, it always, you're always looking for good coaches, and he's a good coach, and he liked it here, and he's very good here. So, yeah, I mean, again, I, I don't think there's any need for a coordinator change because, again, you're seeing a lot of good creativity and different things coming from Ken Norton Jr., but you know, you're always looking for coaches, and, again, the door is always open to guys who have been here before. A lot more blitzes this season so 30, far, 30, huh, 30, More than 30%. Way more than last <laughs> year, so... From the 253 Professor, who is the most exciting NFL player you have ever seen? Well, the best player I've ever seen was Jim Brown. I mean, that's the one that I, I you know, just marveled at how good he was because he was such a great athlete, such a great running back. Uh, certainly, <clears throat> you have to look at the, you know Gail Sayers for the great uh, job that he did. And on defense, I'll tell you what, it's like, as much as I was a Reggie White fan and still am, I'm starting to think Aaron Donald's maybe better than uh, that because no, nobody can block Aaron Donald. This guy is absolutely incredible. He's unbelievable. Was, was he really thought of that highly coming out of college to be this good? Uh, no. I mean, what is he? He was uh, drafted, I think, 11th or 12th in his draft. He was considered to be a little undersized because he was a little shorter. But, man, that guy's good. From the 425, Mr. Clayton, do you think there will be a suspension coming for the Dallas player that tried to hurt Chris Carson yesterday? No, but a fine, definitely. There's no doubt he's going to get a fine of some kind because, again, that was just horrible. I mean, I I hope it is a substantial fine because, I mean, you could have ruined the career of Chris Carson. And right now, you still don't know, even though it was a first-degree sprain, how long that uh, he's going to be out. From the 360, do you see the Hawks moving on from Trey Flowers in the future here? No, I mean, he's got two more years and one more year after this on his contract. Why move on? Just try to make him play better. I mean, that's the one thing is like, uh, you know, you're not going to cut him because there's no reason to cut him. You know, I still stand by him. But again, you hope that, uh, you know, Quentin Dunbar gets healthy and not makes him on, keeps him off the field so he can get his game right. From the 360, John convinced me why the Seahawks should not try to get Clay Matthews, even if it will cost them about $5 million. I, I can't convince you because uh, I think they should get him because, you know, he's he can play the Leo position. He can pass rush. You know, John Snyder knows him and certainly Pete Carroll knows him. Pete Carroll coached him in college. <clears throat> so I don't know. Uh, they, they don't have the $5 million right now to be able to pay him. Because they're really with the cap now, they're a little over five mil. But uh, you know, I think that they can make some kind of an offer that could make them satisfied. From the two five three going forward, do you think Alton Robinson's going to get more playing time? I have to, yeah. I mean, you know, I thought that he did such a good job yesterday, and of course, uh, you know, the fact that there's so many injuries right now on the defensive line and defensive end. So I do think that uh, you know he will get more chances to play. From the 206, John, who is your NFL Rookie of the Year so far? Uh, right now, NFL Rookie of the Year. Huh. <laughs> could it, I could, could be <clears throat> maybe the running back from Jacksonville who's undrafted. He's doing a good job. Uh, and, you know, three weeks into it, I mean, Justin Jefferson looked good for Minnesota yesterday, getting 175 yards. So, uh, <clears throat> but I think right now, even though he doesn't have a good record, Joe Burrow could be a strong consideration, too. He's completing 64.5% of his passes on a team that has virtually no blocking on the offensive line. 
From the 360, John, is the upcoming Miami game this Sunday a trap game for the Seahawks? I, I, that's what I'm kind of thinking it could be. I mean, because, you know, <clears throat> you figure they go in, it's cross country, early start, banged up team. It could be very dangerous. And so, you know, you have to kind of watch. Now, you know, mentally, they're not going to, you know, be light on it. I mean, you know that Pete's going to have them all concentrating, and they know this is a winnable game uh, because the Dolphins aren't that good. From the 360, on paper, the Seahawks have an amazing defensive back group. What's the issue, John? Uh, right now, it's just not in sync, and injuries have played into it. You know, when you have half your starters out, <clears throat> that becomes a problem. I mean, I thought Ugo Amani played pretty well. Pass push was an issue, but they are getting better pass rush. But right now, I think a lot of it is, just like, for example, the Green Bay Packers, you know, they're getting torched a little bit on defense, too. A lot of the teams right now are struggling, particularly when you go against a good quarterback. From the two five three, LJ Collier has only two tackles in three games. Are we hitting the panic button? No, it's, <clears throat> he's done some good things. It's like uh, you know, part of it is that uh, you know they're not running the ball much. I mean, how, how, let's put it this way: if uh, unless you get sacks, right, and they're passing the ball as much as they are, uh, LJ Collier is not going to run twenty yards downfield to make a tackle. I mean, you know, where he's where they're successful right now is holding down the run. Yeah, and it seems like he's in the backfield a lot on yeah. passing plays. He's yeah. he's bringing a lot of interior pressure to helping out Jaron Reed a little bit. Yeah, that's one where you're just looking for the stats, not the realities. Yep. From the four two five, what will the Kansas City versus Baltimore score be tonight? Huh, it's going to be, uh, I think, probably thirty one twenty eight. I would lean toward Baltimore because they're at home and you know they got a little bit of an advantage. Uh, but I, I would have to think it's going to be high scoring because you got Mahomes going up against uh, a great one in Lamar Jackson. From the two five three, is Ken Norton on the hot seat? No, I don't think so. I mean, uh, I think that uh, you know, again, he's he makes adjustments, he schemes, and all those different things. It's just right now that uh, the way this season started, and again, I point to the rest of the league. This is the highest scoring three week period <clears throat> to start a season in, in NFL history, and you just have to kind of wait for the defenses to catch up to the offenses. From the two five three, how do you think Simmons did after replacing Damian Lewis? He did very well. I know that Pete Carroll praised how he did, and so you uh, still, I think D- Damian Lewis was off to such a great start. So they got to hope that he can come back. But uh, you no, know, Jordan Simmons did well. From the five oh nine, are we going to see Daryl Taylor anytime this season? Uh, <clears throat> right now. I'd say it's not going to be at the six-week mark when he's up on the NFI list. I mean, I, I, you would think he would, but I think he's still behind. From the four two five, what team surprised you the most in week three? Uh, I have to say that uh, <clears throat> I was surprised that the uh, they get such a good game out of Miami. You know, they were just dominating, and that's of course uh, the Thursday night game. Certainly, <clears throat> the Chicago Bears coming back against the Atlanta Falcons that was surprising. You know, because that was a big comeback there, and then just Detroit having a chance to win. Carolina probably was the biggest surprise though, because here they are, they go to the Chargers. <clears throat> They're not good on defense, and they held Justin Herbert to 16 points. The Panthers are a weird team, John. Are, could you see them going just like eight and eight, or maybe no. even no? You no. don't think so? Nope. They're not that. They're not got good on defense. Although they had a good defensive game against the Chargers. Right. From the five four one here, Professor, when is Rashad Penny due back? Uh, week seven. You know, so uh, it'll be actually six games, so it's going to be week eight because they'll have the bye week in the fifth week. So he has to sit out one more game after the bye week. But I, everything out of what Pete Carroll says, he's ahead of schedule. From the 509, do you think Ryan Neal deserves more playing time after his performance Sunday? 
I mean, no, because they have other safeties that are there. He did a good job. I mean, putting himself in the right place. But you know, they need Quandre Diggs. They need Jamal Adams. Those two guys are really good. All right, let's see here. From the 360, who will get the number one seed in both conferences? Right now, you get the Jets, I think, with the leading candidate uh, where I thought it was going to be Jacksonville and Washington. Washington still doesn't look very good, but I'd say right now you got to go with the Jets. Oh, sorry, uh, number one seed in both conferences. Oh, the number one yeah. seed in both yeah. conferences. Well, I think Seattle right now uh, in Green Bay. Uh, I have Seattle still a little bit over Green Bay just because, you know, Russell Wilson has been so incredible. Aaron Rodgers has been incredible, and they're averaging over 40 points a game in Green Bay. And then in the, uh, the whoever wins tonight, uh, you put as a number one seed in the a- in the AFC. From the 4-2-5, are the Chicago Bears for real this season? No. I mean, let's put it this way. Are they for real? They benched their starting quarterback. Uh, Mitch Trubisky. They had an easy schedule. I mean, that was, uh, you know, they had a great success in being able to come back with Nick Foles. But uh, they're, because they, I go back to, you know, that 12 and 4 season and uh, what I think they were only 4 and 1 against teams with winning records because they had an easy schedule. And of course, they had an easy schedule to start. And then, of course, Atlanta. It's like, I don't know if you want to put them on the easy part of it, but right now they're 0 3. Has there really ever been a team recently that has benched their starting quarterback when they're 2 and 0? I uh, can't think of too many. I mean, that's it's it's rare to see that happening. But again, his numbers just haven't been good. He's just not making enough plays. From the four two five, could this be the week that we finally hear news on Josh Gordon? Uh, I'm I'm at a loss right now for that one. I mean, you would think so because it's a frustrating thing. It's like uh, now, now we're almost to the point where Randy Gregory uh, is going to be back on the field. I think he comes back in another week, and of course, you got no word on Josh Gordon. All right, from the three six zero, are the Seahawks going to sign Damon Harrison by the end of this week? No, they got to sign him in the next day or two because if you sign him by the end of the week, then he's not going to be able to be available to play because he has to go through COVID testing and take a physical. So, I mean, they need him to come in today, you know, try to pass the test a couple times, and then go ahead and uh, you know get the uh, get the chance to sign. From the two five three, how's Puna Ford looked uh, this? So I think far very good. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> again, so much of it is the. Uh, success that this team has <clears throat> stopping the run i mean other than that first half <clears throat> against the atlanta falcons when todd Gurley did some good things you know they've now been good at stopping the run not many teams are what they're among the top two or three in run stopping so far all right that's all the time we got for text <clears throat> okay coming up our daily dose of the Graz with dave grosby John Clayton. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studios. On demand with the 710 Seattle Sports app. And joining us for our Daily Dose of the Garage is Dave Grosby. So, Dave, uh, people were panicked here about the defense, yet the team is 3-0. and Well, there's reason to be concerned about the defense, of course. They've been uh, uh, porous, to say the very least. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, look, 3-0. and Two of the wins against, uh, I think the Cowboys are going to be a good club, and I know the Patriots are going to be a good club. And you've played against uh, some pretty good quarterbacks at this point. I think defense is going to be an issue the rest of the year. I don't think you see it magically, you know, waving a wand and it's suddenly becoming a whole lot better. But uh, you're going to have you got a different year in store for you than we're used to with the Seahawks, where you're leading with your offense. You have one of the most explosive offenses in the league which will remain that because uh, they're going to need to outscore teams to be successful. Yeah, no doubt. And, of course, Russell Wilson continues to be amazing. An NFL record 14 touchdown passes in the first three weeks. It should be 15, right? Yeah, I mean, agreed. You know, yeah. DK Metcalf makes a, makes a careless play, and it's it's 15. It's six in the game yesterday. And 
Troy Aikman said something that I think most Seahawks fans who have been watching him closely would agree that Russell Wilson yesterday on a day where he literally threw, you know, six touchdown passes, um, didn't have his best game. Mm-hmm. And still wasn't picked off and still was amazing. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's seeing a guy at his very, very best and, uh, it's, it's, it's not a bad philosophy to have. I mean, stay close enough, give yourself a, a chance to give him the ball in the fourth quarter to win and likely, likely it is you're going to win. Yeah, no doubt. And of course, uh, what what do you think? Of course, the injury situation remains pretty bad. I mean, what six at least six guys getting hurt. A couple guys not even being able. One like Leno Hill couldn't. He woke up and had a bad back and he couldn't play. So uh, this is gonna. I, I look at somebody brought up the good point because I'm I, I look at the Miami game coming up this week as a possible trap game. Definitely. I mean, it's hard to hard to think of Miami as being very formidable at this point. Uh, offensively, they've been absolutely terrible and and you would think that this is the kind of defense they can get better against uh it's traveling cross country uh, you know you, you gotta you got a different sort of team but i mean you know i i just i, I see a russell wilson and he's got to have a real off day for that to happen and, and i just don't see that happening so i i can see your point and and it's going to be challenging because i don't think they're going to be able to stop anyone at this point and, and with any effectiveness i mean you know, you can crawl all you want about the running game and, and stopping the running game, and they did a nice job yesterday, but it's not making much of a difference when you're giving up uh, nearly 500 yards in passing. Uh, they've given up, I think, 80 yards per game, 430 yards passing, which is something like uh, 60, 70 more yards than any other club. So, sure, I mean, you know, you're going to wind up looking at a lot of games as trap games, but the fact of the matter is you're, you're bringing in an offense that, that causes great problems, even with the injuries on the offensive line. I thought, uh, you know, to see Olsen become a part of it was, was potentially significant going down the stretch or going down the rest of the way of the season. So you're going to take your shot with, without scoring teams, period. And, and, uh, it's worked for other teams. And, you know, it worked here once upon a time when Mike Holman was calling the shots. So it's just kind of a culture shock to see it, see it so different. And, and, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine, you know, a, a magic formula making that defense particularly good. I mean, you've got some good players, no question about it. But um, it, it's going to be hard for them this year. Yeah, no doubt. But, uh, hey, say what you want. Uh, I mean, who would you have as a number one seed, Green Bay or Seattle? Green Bay's been surprising, haven't they? I yeah. mean, they've, they've been they, – they, there was expectation that they would, they would tail off a little bit. They're off to a good start. I mean, right now I'd have it, I'd have it as Seattle. But, um, you know, that was, that was a big win against New Orleans. You know, the thing that stands out and, and I think is impacting not just the Seahawks defense but all defenses is – the lack of a home crowd. I mean, it's it's not the same thing. Obviously, playing a road game at CenturyLink, playing a road game at the Superdome, playing a road game in Kansas City, than it is when when fans are out there, and it, it makes a difference uh, in terms of, of figuring out you know road and home because it's it's just you're just talking about travel being the only X factor, and that's not a particularly big factor. So, you know, I, I do think that among all the other things, it's not an overlooked aspect of it, but uh, certainly it's a big aspect of it that you don't have home crowds in places that, that really, really took advantage of them uh, to spur on defenses in particular. And, and you're seeing it around the league, I think. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And again, uh, defenses are way behind. <clears throat> and again, it's the highest scoring three-week period to start a season in NFL history. Injuries, of course, have played a big part of that, too. But, uh, sure. yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of wild. What, what else caught your eye on week three in the National Football League? Uh, a bunch of interesting things. Uh, I, I thought, you know, even though it wasn't against a very good club, I mean, what did the 49ers have? Nine guys out? Yeah, nine guys, yeah. I mean, and, nine starters. And, and yeah. just 
yeah, and just absolutely rolled. I mean, I thought they were impressive. I think Buffalo is with Josh Rosen is a team that's for real, even though they've got defensive issues like everyone else. I think we kind of got it confirmed how weak the NFC East is, and and Dallas has a one and two. I mean, looks like the best team in that division, and they could easily be zero and three. I think Nick Foles has got himself a starting job again, and I think that's obvious to everyone. Uh, I think you know Minnesota's a team that all of a sudden they they lose thirty one thirty, and they got a great offense, and they can't get anything done on defense as well. So you know they're they're in a, a must win game against the Texans. I think there's two zero and three teams going at it. And, you know, it's an amazing run the city of Tampa is on. They've got uh, the number one seed in the American League. The Lightning are one game away from winning the Stanley Cup. And Tom Brady looks just fine as, as their quarterback. He looks established. So uh, I thought, uh, you know, there were a lot of interesting storylines, offense and, and home field not being a big factor, the ones that jumped out the most to me. Yeah, no doubt. What were your thoughts on the uh, uh, Mariners coming back, <clears throat> going splitting with the A's, getting that doubleheader victory on uh, Saturday, and finishing at 27-33, and 33, two games away from the playoffs? Yeah, not bad at all. Uh, you know, uh, don't know what it would look like over 162 games, but but not bad at all. Uh, they strike me as a team that, that can now begin to strategically look towards moving forward next year. Uh, you've got a couple of, of top prospects ready to come up. You can add some some veterans to that group. Uh, you're taking a close look at two of the teams in, in the postseason this year, and that's uh, the White Sox and the Padres who kind of built their farm systems up and then, uh, you know, jumped in with uh, with some money to, to get big-time players with them, and, and it's paid off for both of them. So I think you'll be keeping an eye on those two teams as, as kind of a template uh, for, for what you're trying to do here. But I think that the, the rebuild uh, is is on schedule. I think it's impressive that, that your best players, you know, are the guys that you're planning on building around, not not veterans that are just here as stopgaps. So uh, I thought it was uh, all things all things being equal. It was it was a good year for the Mariners, and and we'll see what it means going into next year. I mean, baseball is such a hard sport to figure, and and again, it was just 60 games, but you know, the Marlins were 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 not possible to make the postseason, even the 60 game scenario, and they they did it this year. I mean, so. You know, baseball, you never know, but you've got to be, got to feel like the Mariners are at least on the right path. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. And another team on the right path, <clears throat> the uh, Storm, they now go into the uh, WNBA championship round. Yep. Uh, you know, one of Seattle's dynamic franchises, and, and uh, they, they do it uh, consistently. They uh, This year has not been, uh, I mean, they, they've had to deal with the challenges like everyone else has, but you know, they took care of Minnesota fairly easily. Uh, they've got a lot of intangibles going for them, and I like their chances. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, what, what's been so good about this team? Well, we talked about it a few days ago. I mean, I think, you know, besides the star players, you've just got the, you've got in, in Sue Bird the, the sort of uh, veteran leader that, that, that transcends, that transcends um, generations and, and just, you know, makes, it, makes a huge difference. Uh, in a lot of ways that aren't necessarily seen, and we're seeing veterans do that all over. I mean, in the NBA, LeBron and, uh, and the Lakers in the finals, LeBron in his 17th year is, is still an absolutely dominant basketball player. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're, seeing, you're seeing veterans all over the place make big differences. So having that mix is, is something that's been very successful for the Storm. Yeah, no doubt. And, of course, uh, Sue Bird has just been an absolute treasure for this town. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, like we said last week, John, she's, if you're doing a Mount Rushmore, uh, you know she belongs on it. She's she's been uh, she's been a tremendous tremendous asset to the organization, to the city as well, and uh, is a winner uh, every 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 step of the way is a winner. And and um, 
the Storm or, or her club. You know, we've talked about the teammates she's had in the past, and, and uh, you know, she, she's been the one constant, and it's been a very, very successful run for her here. No doubt about it. Uh, so that's that's going to be fun. What, what, do you, what do you think about tonight's game between the Chiefs and the uh, Ravens? Well, I mean, it, it was the game that we missed last year, right? I mean, you really, everyone kind of expected that to be the, the championship game. I mean, there's all the all the side talk. Is this the, the two great young quarterbacks? Is this the beginning of a new, you know, Brady Manning sort of thing, which is a little premature? But I mean, you're talking about the last two MVPs. Uh, it should be a spectacular performance tonight. I mean, you would expect fireworks all over the place. Uh, you would expect these guys to to be motivated by playing against each other. And, and uh, I mean, like everyone else, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Okay, that's our Daily Dose of the Graz with Dave Grosby. David, I hope you have yourself a good day and enjoy the game tonight. Thanks, John. We'll talk again tomorrow. All right, sounds good. And, of course, we'll be back tomorrow uh, at 10 o'clock. It's the John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.